views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Hey, it is so great to have all of you tune us in and turning us on. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show. And, you know, I have got someone here today that I, I'm so thrilled. First of all, I'm thrilled about what he has now done to talk with us about life. And, you know, when I think about the first time, and maybe he can shed some light on this better than I can, but when I think about the first time that Cheney and I first met, I thought, and we met on air. So we met old school radio before the digital age and all of that, and then he and I met in New Jersey, and we actually met for lunch with a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Ping Lee, and somehow we meet people in life. And we're not quite sure why or how or what, but we know that there's like this strange connection, right? And all of a sudden, you feel like you've known somebody for a million years. And, and out of this uh, is that every time you meet, even though we may not have talked about ourselves. We may not have spoken with each other. We may not be Facebooking each other 24-7, you know, or any of that. There's something that connects us heart to heart. And what is that thing? So here's what I want to say. That thing is captured in his fabulous, fabulous book, Because This Is Your Life. And I want to read what Dr. John Martini says. Uh, and we love John. You hear him at the beginning of every show because that's what John said, you know, Martini says. He came on and he said, you know what, I need to say something about the show. And this is what he says. He said, the wisdom contained in this book guides you to discover the magnificence of who you are and to feel appreciated and worth it for all that you do. Now, I have to tell you, when I read the book, and, I, and we're going to hear from Cheney here in a second, when I read this, I thought to myself, John, oh my gosh, that is an understatement. Because what Cheney does as he takes us on this journey through the book, he asks the tough questions. 
by the time I got to chapter 13 and I listened to the question, how much do you care what other people think about you? I knew I was done because he is tackling some of the most essential parts of our inner workings that we just don't want to face. We just don't want to face them. And, you know, with the previous show, we were talking about procrastination and Leslie mentioned inner failings. There's a very good reason because are we ready to face the truth of who we really are? And, you know, this is what I want to say about the book and about, about his message. You know, he is sought after authority on human potential and personal development. And we know that, you know, he is the founder of the Cheney Institute of Human Potential. He's worked with people all over the world, transformative leader, leader on success and raising human potential and consciousness. You know, he has been in the media, you name it, radio, television, Montel show, uh, you name it. He has been out there. Why? Because he has a message that touches the hearts and inspires us to step in to the full nature of who we are. And his book is so beautifully written. There's not real, there's nothing, there's nothing that comes out unturned. It crawls out from under the rocks. And today we get to honor him. So as we're thinking about this, remember one of the other questions that I would like to talk to you about, what is your human nature? Cheney, it is so good to have you here. My goodness, how did you even find the time to write this book? And welcome to the show. Well, first of all, I appreciate everything you said. I appreciate being on the show. And I appreciate all that you do. And I can go on. We could do a whole show on just that. Yeah. <laughs> you did a whole book on that, actually. <laughs> yeah. And to answer your question, you really said it best in terms of coming from the heart. Because when you come from the heart, you can just, at least I know I can and other people I know who have written books have pretty much said the same thing. You can just write and write and write. And it's heartfelt. It's real. It's not fake. It's life. And it's felt by other people. And that's exactly how I was able to write it. And just a real quick side note on it. Sure. The, inter- the interesting, I mean, you have the book. It's 354 pages. The biggest challenge I had was keeping it under 500 pages. <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, no, I do believe it. I do believe it because I'm kind of going through the same thing. But, you know, uh, it, there's so much in here. I don't even know how you decided what to condense and what, to, you know, what not to condense. But, you know, part of this is there's an end game here that you had in mind. I know there was. And I I couldn't help but thinking at the culmination of your life experiences that brought you here. Cheney, I want to answer you this question. Listen, look it. You've been on the show before. You've known me a long time. You know, you're one of the first people I think we've ever had on the show, like when it was crust busting, right? And, you know, here you and I are. I got to ask you, as the writer, the author of this book, and and the true nature of who you've become, what are some of the most significant challenges you had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, you mentioned it with Chapter 13, overcoming what other people think about you. And (laughs) I mean, you read the book, and for those of you who haven't, I'll say it right here. Look at my name. First name's Cheney, last name's Weiner. Do you know how many times I I got Weiner? And I, in fact, there might be people listening who were actually some of the ones who are who 
said what I'm about to say. I've been called Chancy, Chauncey, you name it, Wiener, Hot Dog, you name it. And the biggest, really the biggest, in fact, not only was it a challenge, but it was a terrifying challenge, is early on, maybe third grade, fourth grade, we moved around a lot. And in, in an eight-month span, third grade into fourth grade, I went to five elementary schools in eight months until we finally settled down in New Jersey. And every time I'd be brought into the class as a new kid, and guess what? They would mispronounce my name. And that, ter- and that terrified the hell out of me. And it, you know, it, it led to being made fun of and slight bullying, not like I was getting a crap beaten out of me, but just pushing around and just yeah. made fun of. And that was terrifying for me at the yeah. time. Well, because it's easy to mispronounce. But even if you don't mispronounce it, right? You don't say Cheney. If you don't say Cheney Weiner, then what happens is you become a point of contention for teasing. I had. I, I mean, I came up with the same thing. I mean, imagine growing up in a family where your nickname was Pat the Brat. <laughs> for real. But you know, I'm fully. I I have grown into liking that actually a little bit now. Um, but you know. There's nobody there to say to you at that point in time, it's going to be okay, Cheney. It's going to be okay, right? Yeah, and, you know, even though there was always a kid and certain people there who were acting out the opposite, who were being there, being nice, and all that, still, it came down to me and what was inside of me, and it was terrifying, and it was a challenge. But here's the interesting thing, and I mentioned this in the book. Yeah. I didn't realize it then, but I do now, that haven't all those experiences happened now? In fact, as we speak, I just moved out to Arizona, Scottsdale, yeah. three months ago. I'm in a new area. Well, through all those experiences, now when I go into a new area, I feel at home. Yeah. Okay, so let's you and me talk about something we're not even talking about here on the show. How about our accent? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Benny's, like, Benny's like, oh, my God. These two New Jersey people are on the show, and boy, can you tell it. But, I mean, even that, I moved out to Seattle, and, you know, the good news for somebody like me is I don't even come close to having an accent that Linda and you have because my mom was from the South, my stepmom. And so I had this really interesting fusion. Don't you love that new word? Fusion of New York, Bronx, and now this Southern Bill. Yeah. So this is me. So now I have this new accent that is part of the fusion of that. How did you fuse all of the different aspects of who Cheney is to become you today? Now, I know you cover it in the book, but I, I just needed to ask you that question to see what your thinking is on that today. Well, one of the big things is what I was just saying <laughs> about going through what I went through with the changing schools, the name, because that really conditioned me to be more thick-skinned and tough. And, you know, even back at the time, I didn't go around and get defensive about what was I going to do. If yeah. I would have done something, everybody would beat me up. So I just, I sucked it up. I knew somewhere, at somewhere point, at some point in time that it would, it would just come into play and it just materialized over time into, you know, where it is now. And it's led me down to what I love doing right now. And it was really the driving, one of the driving forces behind writing the book. Oh, I love it. You know, we're going to take a short break. We come back, Cheney. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about life. And we're going to talk about the the people in your life because you have done more acknowledging 
of other people in this book than I've seen in a lot of books. But I want to talk with you about the people that have helped you along the way, that have influenced you, but also those people that empowered you to be able to write a book, a book that is so brilliantly and, and, and brutally honest about life. Cheney Weiner joining me here today because this, because this is your life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. Chaney Weiner joining me here today. The book is called Because This Is Your Life. Hey, Chaney, we're going to talk about a lot of things. And before we jump into that, congratulations on this book. I mean, it's amazing. Um, how can people get a copy of the book? Why don't we start there? And please, let's give out your website if we could. Well, to get the book, it's becausethisisyourlife.com. They can go there. And my actual website is Chaney Weiner. C-H-A-N-E-Y-W-E-I-N-E-R.com. You get the book there, too, but there's also other goodies on there that you can check uh, check out. So check them out. Yeah, I, I, I love it. You know, I wanted to talk with you because I'm reading the book, and you and I talked about the last part of the book here real quick, which we're going to get to. But I'm, I was really struck by, I, I've gotten to look back at my life quite a bit. And I am really struck by what I call all the angels that have shown up along the way in my life. And, you know, pivotal, at pivotal moments in time. You know, to this day, Cheney, I don't even know how I have a friend that's been my best friend since 1973, Linda. I don't even know. That is such a blessing. So my question before the break is, here you are writing this book. You know, we've talked about challenges, but you must have met some incredible people along the way. Who have been the folks that have helped shape and mold who Cheney Weiner is? Well, excluding my parents, there's a reason why I exclude them, because I'm talking about people outside of family. Yeah. My stepfather, and the book really is dedicated to him. And I start off the book by talking, I don't know, I don't know if many people will notice it, but I start off talking about him, and the last bit in the book, I end talking about him. And he's also the last person who I acknowledge in there. That was done by design. But he came into my life, I was six, six and a half going on seven. My parents are still alive to this day. I always had a great relationship with them, but he brought a different element into my life. He was a headhunter, which back in the 70s, he was a job placement counselor. He placed people yeah. in jobs. He was always on the phone. He was negotiating. He would always say, you got to hustle. You, you got to hustle. You got to be on your feet. You got to hustle. And he would snap his fingers. I got that from him. I didn't get it at first, but over time, being in that environment, I've lived on the roof, same roof with him for 13 years. I got that uh, from him, and he had no obligation to me whatsoever, but he took me in as his own son, and I learned all these life skills from him, and it just it just has manifested over time 
into what it is, and he passed away in 1992, but my intention is to carry on his spirit and to pass that torch to other people, as I mentioned in the book. And I love that you're talking about this because you and I have something in common, and that is some of the people that have influenced us most, in a positive way, let's say. Uh, and and our step-parents never really get good dialogue. But you and I were talking, and I was saying that I am literally here today because of what my stepmom and the values that she taught me, especially the, the value of perseverance. And I want to talk with you about this today because part of this is, you know, you call this book because this is your life. And I like to say because this is your life, not that's your life or Oprah's your life or this one's your life or, you know, this is your life. And you say how to live a meaningful life while feeling respected, appreciated, and recognized for who you are and all you do. I didn't grow up feeling respected and appreciated. You know, you and me, I grew up on the streets, right? So I grew up on the streets of New York City where, I don't know, kind of like you, you had to earn respect, right? Uh, absolutely. And I also talk about this in the book. You yeah. can do you, you can do a person can do everything in their power to earn that respect, but there's still going to be people who aren't going to respect you for whatever reason, and that's okay because those people are probably going to say things about you. And this goes back to what we were saying before: not overcoming, worrying about what people think about you. Because really, once you know how to, let's just say, work that balancing act, so to speak, guess what happens? Then you start drawing in the people who do respect you, appreciate you, and recognize you for who you are and all you do. And that's really part of it. You know, I, how has this book changed you? I have to ask you this question. I've known you. you know, you've known me. We've known each other, right? You, you saw me, right, Cheney, when we were like crust-busting your way to an awesome life, right? Like what, one or two times a week or something like that? And, you know, now here we are, you and I. You're on Transformation Talk Radio. You're being broadcast on the Conscious Business Network with us. You know, the Dr. Pat Show. In about two months, we're launching 10 independent channels on TransformationRadio.fm. But uh, when you and I first met, I had no inclination that I'd be sitting here, what, 10 plus years later talking to you, Cheney, and we're, t and we're still going at this? Wow. What do you make of all of that? Well, you can attribute it to a vision that you have about what you're doing and same thing with me. So in many ways, I'm not too surprised, but obviously I wasn't thinking about this the first day that we ever spoke right it just, but it just materializes but i will say this over time i started to see it more clearly and i could say 10 years from now it'll be the same thing on another level i agree with you how has this book changed you because i want to ask that question i mean i know that for me that doing the radio show at a very deep and profound level saved my life in so many ways. I mean, it clearly saved my, my life when I came down mystery disease in 2004. And I changed the nature of the show to be about holistic living and spirituality. But you wrote this book. And I, I was just curious to find out, have you changed from writing the book? Yeah, and that was taking place as I was doing. This is a great question because I haven't had anyone ask me this one yet. And so obviously this is... It's not a rehearsed answer because I'm no. coming up right on the cuff from this. As I was writing the book, that there are certain people in the book who I speak 
discussed some more than others. And what I did was when I wrote it, I, I, I was actually talking to, uh, to these people. One of them is a former girlfriend of mine, a friend of mine who, you know, both these people I still keep in touch with. And what I did was I went back and I, and I was telling my former, my former girlfriend this and, and also my friend. I actually went into what I was calling my own time machine. I went back to that point in time. And when I wrote it, I was in that point in time as the person I am now. And it gave me, and this is the point I'm getting at, it gave me a greater appreciation of who I am, where I came from, the people who were in my life. And when I realized that, I wrote it in the way that I wrote it. And when these people actually read the book, they, it transformed their life. And they started acting in a much deeper way towards me, which they really weren't obligated to because I've known these people over 30 years. But it just, it just transformed how I have been seen by other people, even people who have known me all those years. I love it. You know, part of this, too, is looking at, um, you know, when we say because this is your life. One of the things I want to ask you about is that people can take that a lot of different ways. And thank you for sharing that. You know, one of the things that I was really struck by, and both Linda and I cried, you wrote some very, very sweet things. You know, you wrote a personal note to me in the front of the uh, of the book and yet i i looked at this and there was a part of me that said oh my gosh i don't know that he's really talking about me and so sometimes we still doubt how we show up in the world because you know for me just like you i don't know that i would have sat down and said this is my game plan for a life and a career i know that i've been pulled forward how has the work that you've done in the world and are continuing to do, how is your vision for your life pulling you forward, and how does the book, rela- how does the book reflect that? It, just, it, it, just, it allows me to, to really get a deeper, believe it or not, a deeper understanding of who I am, even though I have a good idea, but it just, I got to see this on different levels, how I've acted towards people, how people have acted towards me and how I could take that to another level. And it's interesting that you mentioned about what I wrote in the, um, in the, uh, in the book to you, uh, yeah. what I signed. You know, sometimes people don't realize, and I'm not saying this about you, but I'm just saying in general, sometimes people don't realize what they are actually contributing and then, and then others see it and then maybe the light bulb goes off. And that's perfectly normal. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes we need other people to actually, it goes back to the whole thing of what we see in others, what we have in ourselves. And sometimes someone else sees something that you may not have noticed and then the light bulb goes off and you get the revelation, the aha, and or in this case, it expands the vision. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that you and I have lots to talk about in the book. When we come back, we're going to take you on a journey, everyone. Cheney Weiner joining me here today. We're going to take you on a journey. But one of the things that I was really struck by is something that he's put in the book that I know I've seen it before, but it's so very important. How does who we are and how we decide to show up in the world cultivate our destiny? Stay tuned when we come back. We're going to talk about a quote that uh, Cheney's got in the book. And we're going to talk about, you know, how does life take us to the places we want to go or not? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back.
Hey, everybody, welcome back. You got any questions for us? Got any questions for Cheney? Yeah, because this book is this, because this is your life. You know, Cheney has talked to more people on more radio shows. I'm actually learning from him because I'm usually on the other side of things, but now I'm starting to get out there a little bit more, you know. Uh, but here we go. Uh, Cheney, before we jump into this quote that I love, um, would you please let folks know again how they can find out more about you? And again, how can they give uh, get a copy of this book? The book is at www.becausethisisyourlife.com. That's becausethisisyourlife.com. And my main site is cheneywiner.com. Get the book on there, too, and you can check out all the other goodies that I have on there as well. Yeah, and I want to spell this for you guys. It's Chaney, C-H-A-N-E-Y, and it's W-E-I-N-E-R. So you can check it out there. All right, you ready for the quote? Yes, let's hear it. All right, I love this. So here, it's in the book for, for those of you, if you want to follow along. It says, it says this, remember you are the cause of how your life turns out. And it reminds me of this quote by Frank Outlaw. And here we go. I love that. I'm going to say it again to everybody. Remember, you are the cause of how your life turns out. And it reminds me of this quote by Frank Outlaw. Here you go. Watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. I love that. If that doesn't say it all, this had to be important to you. And I wanted to ask you, you must have come across people along the way that absolutely stand for these principles. And you must have come, along, you come, come across people along the way that absolutely don't. Because it's like Martini says, it's in the contrast where we learn things, right? Yeah. What does this mean for you? Well, the reason I put the quote in there, because I was thinking about the, that life is cause and effect. And most people are living from effect and not the cause. And people who live from effect will attribute things that happen in their life to something other than what it is. I give the example, a funny example in the book. Uh, if you go to sleep at night and you eat a steak dinner, cheesecake, and a heavy meal an hour before, well, guess what? You're probably going to be sick. You, you know, you're going to be up the whole night, and if you continue to do that, it'll lead you down the path of not having good health. Well, is it is it getting older that's doing that, or is it the the way you eat? Well, the cause of it is what you eat, not the effect. Most people treat the effect. They'll they'll take a pill or whatever. I use that really as a metaphor because when it comes to your life, everyone's life, and the destiny and the path that they go down, many people end up living lives that they really don't want to be living, and they attribute it to something else, the effect and not the cause. Now, this isn't to put blame on anyone, but it's you are responsible. This is what I'm getting at. It's your responsibility and accountability to, to look at yourself and say, hey, things have happened in my life. This is why they happen. I'm responsible for it. And whatever path you go down in your life, realize that, whether it's one you like or don't like, but not to blame other people because your destiny is going to, that's going to be your destiny, and it's a matter of the cause. 
know, what is causing yeah. it, and you are at the center of that one way or the other. Yeah. I love that you put this in the book because I, you and I were talking about my stepmom, and you were talking about your stepdad. And one of the things I said is I pretty much learned how to be in the world from her. And one of the things I learned was about responsibility. And you, we're not talking about how things happen to us in our lives. So I, I just want to be really clear about this because what you're saying is because this is your life. And that quote directly relates to it. It doesn't mean that you and I don't have a story about, you know, what, what our life has been about. And I've shared parts of this now a little bit here and there. You know, I shared my journey with my mom and, you know, her battle with addiction and alcohol and suicide and and so many of those things. But I used to tell a different story, Cheney. The story that I told when I was growing up in my 20s and 30s was really about, you know, look at how rotten my life is. Now there is a different story. I think that's what you're saying in this book, that there's a responsibility that we have that goes beyond what life deals us, correct? Yeah, it does. And since we've been talking about John Demartini, yeah, I'll, John. Real, I'll really mention a quote of his. I, I, I would imagine it's his quote, it's just, in every blessing there's a crisis, and every crisis there's a blessing. And yeah. it's just a matter of looking for that. So if it's a situation that you're having with a, pa- uh, a parent, a friend, stepmom, whoever it is, and it's not something that's go, uh, going away. Well, that's the crisis, obviously. We'll look for the other side of it. Look for the blessing in it because it's there. Many people get attached. See, many people, kind of also what John, John says as well, but it's true when you really look at it. Many people are so addicted to that one side, the always, notice I say always, being positive, always having things. Well, there's another side to it. In fact, I want to mention a story because it really yeah. kind of tie, uh, ties yeah. in with this about this whole, because it ties in with what I'm saying. You know, yeah. People are trying to live happy lives. Well, sadness is important, too. Well, the story is I, six days after I graduated high school, my girlfriend broke up with me. I still remember. I was in the garage. She told me on the phone. I hung up the phone. I went for a walk around my housing development, went up to the baseball field where I played Little League baseball. I figured I'd clear the air go for a walk. It was a sad moment. It was something I didn't expect. Two hours later, I came back. I was energized. I was rejuvenated. I said, okay, my life's going to go down a different path. I kind of had a sense that it wasn't going to work with us anyway. And what happened, I met a friend of mine who I mentioned in the book, who I've been friends with for 33 years now. I went down a different path, met different people, and it really led me down to where I am right now. And the ironic thing about that is, 2008, this particular girl got a hold of me, and one of the things we were talking about was that, and she says, you know something, the reason I broke up with you is because I would have put you through hell if we would have been together. That allowed it to come full circle for me. Yeah, and you know, isn't that interesting, because, boy, I'll tell you, you know, I went through the same thing, you know, for me, uh, being in relationship with someone and having that break up, you think your heart's going to be crushed. You're going to, and you go through periods of understanding that and learning that. But somehow the universe is a lot smarter than me. I, I'm saying now, like I say, you know what? I've come to know a God, a universe, a life force, whatever you want to call it, that is smarter than a fifth grader. That's what I'm coming to know right now. Because if I think about left up to me, and all of the places I could have gone uh, with 
those kinds of situations, I wouldn't be here talking with you today. But you see, you've overcome that. One of the things you talk about in the book, you talk about keeping the flame burning and the spirit alive. And I really loved that you're talking about this, keeping the spirit alive, because part of what this is, is moving beyond, you know, what life gives us, but also looking at how to use our intuition. I think you asked the question in the book, is there such a thing as luck? And so how would you summarize, you know, for yourself and for people reading the book, what some of the most critical parts are? to keeping the spirit alive, alive well, and well. Should we say that? Well, you mentioned the whole thing about luck, and it's not about luck, yeah. it's about being blessed. And that's the answer to your question, is to look at the things that happen in your life as blessings. Now, I'm not saying it's from an airy, fairy, foo-foo kind of way, but it's like what we were talking about before. In every crisis, there's a blessing. There's both sides, and that's the point. Not to go around thinking, oh, it's always going to be the one side. No, it's both. It's both sides, and you need crisis, you need chaos in, in your life in order to grow. As long as you know how to manage it and know how to work through it, it guides you there. And, you know, it's real interesting. I definitely want to mention this story, and this, yeah. is, this, this, this is from about December. When I was, before I moved out of Jersey, there's a supermarket I go to, the guy who's the manager there grew up in the same town as I did. We knew, I, I knew him since 1983. Yeah. He was telling me that he's with a new girlfriend, and he's lucky. I said, well, think about this. I said, you know, a lot of people say that they're lucky, but when you say that you're lucky, there's something at, out of order. It implies that there's a mistake. I said, I would look at it as being blessed more than anything else. And he says, you know what? He says, that totally makes sense, and he got it. And that's the point to make here. Your life is blessing, not luck. The spouse you have, the career you have, the things that you love doing, you know, the things that are going your way. That's not luck. That's because you earned it. You did something you deserve to have that. It's not out of order. It's not random. It's blessing. It's not luck. Yeah. And, you know, part of this is looking at uh, our lives in a way that says, wait a minute, can I really create the life? Can I really live a meaningful life while feeling respected, appreciated, and recognized for who I am and all that I do? Just being me? Can I really do that, Cheney? And that's what this book is about. Isn't it about the discovery of doing that? And, you know, it sounds pretty simple, but it does take a little bit of work, doesn't it? It does. And, and it takes really acknowledging that and I know this goes against what a lot of people say, it goes, it takes you realizing that you are perfect. And what I mean by perfect is that you have both sides to your nature. Let's face it, there's days when you are going to be in a really good mood, you're going to be all happy, and then there's other days where you're going to be crabby, not in a great mood, sad, down. That's human nature, and we have both sides. The important thing is to not let one run the other, so to speak, and to just Again, you know, I call it looking at it from a two-sided perspective because that kind of quote John here again, Dean Martini, it allows you to dance your way through life instead of limping your way through life. And that's pretty much what it is. It's a matter of being graceful, being humble along the way, and just, you know, just not getting too caught up in the ups or too down in the downs. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, Cheney, what I'd love to talk with you about is what you really call us to think about towards the end of the book. 
And it's, it's a fabulous question. It's a fabulous question. And it says, what do you want to be recognized and remembered for? What do you want to be recognized and remembered for? And then there's a quote. And the quote says, my greatest fear in life is not having a big enough impact on someone's life to always be remembered. And Cheney will share some stories about this when we come back. And that quote's unknown. But it's something that all of us, I believe, think about. Whether it's, it's the fear of not being big enough on our family, on our friends, in the world. What is it, especially as we get a few years on us, that brings us right to that fear. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. For more information about us, go to the drpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com. And if you've missed any part of today's show, you know, with my friend, my colleague, Cheney Weiner, then you can listen to it later on tonight on Transformation Talk Radio. Uh, Cheney, thank you so much for this book and thank you for the kind words in the book uh, that you share about your time with us, the Dr. Pat Show and Transformation Talk Radio. You know, I was really struck by, you know, the the parts in the book that you wrote towards the end, because I find myself, you know, in this place. And you talk about why do you want to be, what do you want to be recognized and remembered for? And you go on to share a few stories uh, in the book. And I'm telling you, it's interesting how now as we read about some of this that you've written in the latter part of the book, that we start to ask ourselves questions about, who are the heroes in our lives and who do we want to become? How important was this for you and why was this so important? You were telling me that you actually went back and rewrote part of the book to include it. Yeah, I, um, there were certain stories that I put in towards the end. Actually, the chapter that you're talking about wasn't one of them, but yep. there were, this is certain things that I felt were important put in there in a certain way. And that particular chapter that you're talking about really ties up what the book is about. And then the two chapters after that is pretty much what happens afterwards, if you will. But when it comes to this whole idea of being recognized and appreciated, well, particularly recognized, bottom line is every person, whether they say it or not, wants to be recognized for who they, for who they are and what they do. Many people say they want to be happy. That's important. But but you know what? The happiness that people want to experience in their life really stems out of the deeper, let's say, what's at the deeper core of someone, feeling recognized, feeling respected, feeling appreciated. I mean, it's really interesting. I Just a, real qu- a quick side note, I go to concert shows. We talked about Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. And, you know, these shows I go to, now all these bands have this VIP where you pay a certain amount of money and you get your picture taken with them. Well, the reason why people do that is because they want to be recognized. They want to show it to their friends. They want to say, I met this person, so people can recognize them, so people can say, wow, you know. So it's just little things like that, and that's why I actually 
talk about this a lot in the book about feeling recognized because and let me say this when I say feeling recognized not in a way where everybody's got to bow down to you but recognized in the sense where you feel like you're important like you contributed something to the world of value for other people because really that's what people at their true core are all about even though some people may not come off that way but people really want to contribute something to the world and be recognized and appreciated for it well you know here's the thing I studied something for eight years once and one of the key questions in the study that I did was I asked people to categorize and define. It actually was one of the first studies of its kind that actually asked a question like this. But I asked them to take what things they felt people were obligated to provide them. And that obligated is a strong word, Cheney, right? It's a strong word. It's not like, oh, Cheney, yeah, I think I'm going to interview you today. No. Obligated means listen. I know you, you said you would do it, now you're obligated to fulfill it. So I asked that question, and I gave them a ton of options. You know, they could pick from a lot of categories, they, they could write something in. Without a question of a doubt anywhere about anything, not salary, not pay, not love, not none of that, none of that, overwhelmingly 98% picked respect that they felt people were obligated to show them respect. And I, I, I fast forward to where we are now, and you know, that study, by the way, uh, that survey was conducted in 1998, and the research was published in 2001. And to this day, surveys that have been done after the fact, pop culture surveys all say the same thing. We want to be respected. So where does respect start? Well, it's interesting you mentioned about the whole feeling obligated. I personally feel that, you know, feeling respected is not about feeling op- having feeling obligated or having other people feel obligated to respect you. I mean, it's the old saying, respect is earned. You just don't go around and ask for it. It's a matter of earning it. So the question is, well, what are you doing to earn it? Do you take that extra moment to care? to listen to people when you're in a conversation with them? Are you making eye contact with them? Or are you thinking about something else? You know, just little things like that. I, you know, it's the little big things in life. And I love that line, the little big things in life, because they do make a big difference. So it's not about obligation, because, you know, I don't, you know, I don't recommend people going around, because it's not going to work anyway, and say, well, I want you to respect me. It just, it just doesn't work that way. And, it, you know, some... Some people do offshoots of that. I talk about it in the book, The People-Pleasing Syndrome. People will go around and try to please other people, thinking that that's going to get them respect, and it does the opposite. It turns them into a doormat. So it's a matter of doing those little big things, being consistent, being who you are, and just knowing, hey, there's going to be certain people in this world who are going to dislike you just as much as people are going to like you. It goes both ways. You're going to get both. And it's a matter of being who you are, what you would love to do in your life, and follow through on that and you're going to get the naysayers that come your way and so be it. It's about knowing how to handle it and and just following through on it and like I said before, it's dancing your way through life, not limping your way through it. Exactly. You know, and you know, part of this is sitting down and saying, I'm going to write a book about this. I'm going to come out and talk about this and, uh, you know, and there's something to, to share. Um, you know, 
you talk about this a lot in the book in different places, but I, I wanted to kind of say this. In life, we're going to bump up against people that are not necessarily going to like what we do. We call it feedback. Most people call it criticism. You know, what have you learned along the way as to how to transform criticism into something positive? Well, when I know that I'm doing something that I truly love, that's true to me, and this I, I, as applies to everyone as well. When you're doing something that's true to you, that you really love, you'll embrace both sides. And you know that it's something that's true to you because when someone attacks it, you won't defend it. Because if you're having to defend it, then there's a part of you that's uncertain about it. And yes, I, you know, it's one thing that, I, I do want to say this. It's one thing yeah. to listen to what I'm saying here to what we're talking about, but it's another thing, and I say this all the time, it's another thing to take this, bring it into your life, make it work for you. It's a perfect example of that, because there's going to be moments in your life that, let's face it, they're going to be heated moments, and it's easy to listen to what we're talking about, but then what do you do when that moment comes up? Well, when that moment comes up, that's why you listen to shows like this, then you know how to handle a situation, and you're going to get stuff from people, and it's just a matter of being certain about who you are, knowing what it is that you love doing, not what you not what you're supposed to be doing, and knowing you're going to get both sides from people and just look, see how their criticism is benefiting you in your life. It's going to be different for each person, but it's there. It's a matter of taking the time, looking for those benefits, how does it serve you and your mission in life, and how can it help others? Wow. Cheney, thank you so much for today. And again, please let folks know how they can find out more about you, and I know you have a chapter of the book you're giving away as well. Thank you so much for today. Yeah, the book is becausethisisyourlife.com, and my main site is chaneywiner.com. You get the book there as well. Awesome. Hey, I'm Dr. Pat, everybody. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. And I want to remember, uh, just remind all of you, at 1 o'clock Pacific time today, don't forget to tune in to Lime Talk Radio. That is a special edition that we do. It's a show that I do on Lyme disease. It is a global show. And it's all about wellness and healing. One o'clock today on Transformation Talk Radio. We'll see you next time. The audio was via a Skype call.